Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is June 28th, Tuesday afternoon. Another pop-up episode for you guys today. We are live with Florida State's Athletic Director Michael Alford. Director Alford, how are you doing today? You've been busy, man. You, it's good. been crazy. Did you, is, did you get a new logo? A little bit. A little bit different. We changed it up a little bit, didn't we? Yeah, we added Garden Gold down here. Always proud to partner with them. Okay. Refresh the logo a little bit. Yeah, New yeah, Year. Good new year I, think new new, I think the intro is new too since we had you on last yeah. time, Michael. Yeah. The intro is definitely new. <laughs> yeah. Kudos like to you a lot. Brennan Snow laughed at us when we had him on here for it. He did. <laughs> yeah. They play like the dumbest intro on their podcast. I mean, they do a great job. And Brennan and I were just on the phone like an hour ago. So I don't feel good. Kudos, like, kudos but... to you guys. No, it's, it's been great. Been a little busy, uh, TJ, as you mentioned, but uh, all, for, all for good. We'll, you know, the Seminoles are getting better. Uh, every day so that, that's what's exciting yeah absolutely so um well let's jump right into it we want to talk with you a little bit about some of that stuff that's been going on some some new announcements some different things that have um come out here recently uh first of all acc dropped a, a little bit of a tidbit on us there was rumors about this but they went to a three five five schedule um florida state's opponents in football will be clemson miami and then Syracuse, I think we all kind of expected Clemson and, and Miami didn't really think those rivalries would go anywhere. But uh, talk to us about Syracuse. There have been rumblings that that was maybe a preference of FSU. You alluded to it at the uh, at the meetings there in just north of Jacksonville, right? Um, but talk to us a little bit about Syracuse being uh, the third opponent for Florida State. Well, there's so many things that go into that. Uh, the conference put together literally Michael Strickland did an unbelievable job. Uh, the conference offenses, we would we would throw something else at him, and he'd come back with a different model, uh, totally different. I mean, just probably I'm telling you that guy put together 60 models. Um, all the ads really need to thank him for all of his hard work. But you know, this structure uh, really gives us three primary opponents um, th that will face you know the other 10 teams twice and during a four-year cycle. So really, it's, it allows the student athlete to go play at every venue and be on every campus within our conference. You know, sometimes we were seeing yeah. a team twice in 12 years under the, under the old format. I know we saw Georgia tech twice in 12 years, saw other schools twice. It, it just won a good model. Um, so this working with our TV partners um, about matchups they would like to see. And of course, we're always going to play Miami and, and Clemson. Um, and uh, then the, the league presented Syracuse to us and, I uh, thought it was a good option. Gets us up into the Northeast. It gets us into some major TV markets. Um, gets us, if, if we're playing up there, we're in a dome. Um, if, we, yeah. if we do have to go up there in November. Uh, and you look at really what the league was trying to do was create parity uh, amongst all the different scheduling formats, you know, as best they could. Um, you know, there's there's some teams I think have a, a, a easier path. Uh, let's say, uh, than what we have, but also understand we're, we're going to play Miami and Clemson. Not only is it good for us, um, it's also good for college football. And uh, that, those games need to be played. And so we look forward to it, and we think this is the, the best format. You know, there's pros and cons to it all, um, to every single one of them, but through the different models, uh, we, we came away liking it. And, and, Michael, how much does the ACC take input from the schools? Because I'm sure – you know, 
everyone wants exactly their three teams. Right. When you have so many teams, it becomes difficult. It's, you know, when you talk about the ACC schedule coming up for future seasons, they typically say, hey, when would you like your bye week? And they try to work with the schools, but it's nearly impossible. It I is. think a lot of Florida State fans wanted Georgia Tech. Just, you know, it's our largest alumni base outside of the state of Florida. But giving them Clemson and Florida State, like you mentioned, that, that they probably didn't want that. And Louisville. Um, so, and Louisville. And Louisville. Yeah. So how how would they were too happy? They job? were too happy about that, Richie. <laughs> <laughs> but, but how how hard is it as the you know ACC in this job? Because everyone wants to criticize. I'm sure every fan base thinks, oh, we got the short end of this, right? Right. But in reality, when you look at it as a fan, I'm okay with Syracuse. I grew up a Syracuse basketball fan. My dad's from there, so I'm biased, but I see no problem with Syracuse being the number three team, but. When it comes to the ACC, how difficult is their job? Because you, you've dealt with this, you know, in previous roles yeah. as well. It's an impossible job uh, to make to make every institution happy. One hundred percent. They did a great job, uh, like I said, of, of putting together uh, the best case scenarios. There, there was pros and cons to every format uh, that they put in. You know, it may affect me not as bad, and affect another three schools uh, uh, worse. Um, but like I said, you know, you, you mentioned Atlanta. You know, we're playing Georgia Tech three times over the next five years. And uh, in the past, we've played them two every 12 years. So we're going to see them. We're going to be in Atlanta market more often, and we're going to be in other markets more often than we were in the past. And and that's exciting that uh, looking at what's best for the student athlete and uh, looking also what's best for Florida State. I'll pass it to Richie, but I think that's the most impactful thing that you say is getting to go to those other campuses. I was able to go up to Charlottesville when we played them a few years ago and just being able, like you said, going to Georgia Tech three times in five years and just being able to be on on that rotational and not playing the same games over and over and over again where it just doesn't vary it for, like you said, the players, but also the fans. I mean, getting to experience that um, and getting to go see different uh, – see different places i mean that that is to me that's the neatest aspect of it for sure is yeah you know what we'll be able to do there so yeah we go to virginia i believe in 23 i, I off the top of my head i need yeah. to go back and look i'm not sure when the last time we even went to Charlottesville was um but we'll be there in 23 and, and don't lose sight to looking into the future of doing away with divisions and coming up with this format and work about tv partners we're also the, the biggest things making sure we're in position um, for when the expected expansion comes of the college football playoff, that we, we can have the opportunity to get multiple teams in there. Um, that you're not sitting there at two 11 and ones in the same league and a six and six team across the way winning the division and, and having to go to a championship game with the automatic qualifier. Um, if there's an upset in, in that game, and uh, now the automatic qualifier is a, a seven and six team in your league. So really, we looked at various things, and it's getting the not only scheduling, but the best two teams in the ACC championship game. And I thought the conference commissioner and Michael Strickland did a wonderful job of, of presenting um, this format in the best way. And that makes perfect sense, because I remember, you know, 2012 through 2016, we would have, yeah. would have had Florida State Clemson every single year. And imagine the TV ratings on the, with those 12-0, 11-1, 10-2 teams competing every year. Yeah, it gets a little redundant, but at the same time, 
that's great for the conference. Uh, Correct. And I think something that, you know, we can benefit on. Do you think COVID played any role in that with when they saw that Clemson Notre Dame ACC championship game? Like, man, imagine if we had the two best teams every single year because we finally got it that year. And it, it was a it was a battle for the playoff. Like we knew the winner was going to the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at the TV ratings and, and that's something else to look at and working with the conference office, uh, even over the last few years. Um, we haven't been the Florida state of old, right? And we are on our way back, but you look at TV numbers and we're still, we're still, if not the top, the second top draw, uh, when that brand's on television. So it's really looking as, as well as how many times, what can we put it and how can we grow the, the brand of Florida state university? And that's, what's exciting too, about this schedule and getting to play in different markets more often than we have before. And uh, really getting our brand out there for recruiting areas and everything uh, that comes along with that. So we alluded to this a little bit earlier, but uh, you've had a busy, busy first six months or so as an athletic director. Somebody told me athletic directors love hiring people and building buildings. So uh, you've certainly <laughs> hard hats and dust. I love hard hats yeah, and dust. I was gonna say. So uh, yeah, but okay, we'll start. So we'll go through them and we'll we'll talk about them, but. Uh, you know, we had the press conference for Link Jarrett yesterday and, and watched that and, and bringing him home to, to coach FSU baseball. Obviously, I had to navigate a, a college World Series run. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a wasn't a great kept secret because everybody kind of figured that'd be everyone's target, which maybe made your job you know more difficult because that's what everyone's expectation was. But it was weird watching the World Series and thinking like, man, I really want them to win. But I really want them to lose so that we can get this announced and get on, get on with things. But uh, talk to us about uh, bringing Link home and and uh, everything that went into that. Well, TJ Richie and, and I'm a little old school uh, when it comes to this, and I was not going to reach out to him uh, until uh, his season was over. I wasn't going to reach out to their athletic director, who have all the respect in the world for, and until the season was over and ask permission. Um, I just don't think it's the right thing to do. I don't think a coach should be, and he admitted he, he, he knew this job was open, of course, um, but, and it was on his mind somewhat, but it didn't to me to on his mind at the detriment of the student athletes. Um, I have too much respect for, for our profession, too much respect for what they're trying to get accomplished at that time that I did not want his mind going places or, or negotiating an agreement or, or thinking about an agreement because he had a job to do uh, for University of Notre Dame. He had a job to do for those student athletes that that he was uh, battling with all season long. Um, so out of respect, I was not going to reach out to him or Jack until uh, the season was over. And I uh, mentioned the other day, and I still give it a grace period. It's not like 30 minutes after the last out, I'm on the <laughs> phone trying to get him on the phone. That's that's not fair either because at the end of the season in a run like they were on, it's an emotional time. Um, so you, you have to just do it. Um, I just say be courteous about it. And to be going, to be honest with you, I had no idea if he'd even be interested. Um, I was, I was going through the process of talking to other coaches um, that were interested in the position. Some took positions before I was able to talk to them further because I let him know like, Hey, I'm not going to do anything. To try to at least find out if he's interested or not, uh, in coming. So, uh, you know, we did it the right way. Um, it's the way I like to do it. Not everyone does it that way. Some coaches like to, 
negotiate contracts or talk to other schools while they're still in postseason. And that's just not the way I like to do things. So um, I want to be respectful of him, respectful of his commitment to those student athletes because they were on a run. And I want to give them every opportunity to win the national championship that I could without being a distraction, um, as, at least a, as minimal a distraction as I could be. And once we had an opportunity to talk, uh, uh, it didn't go, it went pretty fast. Yeah, and I, TJ mentioned it. I would recommend every Florida State baseball fan, even if you're not big on baseball, go watch Link Jarrett's press conference. That's a man that is excited and wants to be here and is committed. I loved how he talks about it. he's walked off the field in Omaha four times now, three times as a player, once as a coach, without a trophy and saying he, he is going to walk off that field with a trophy as a coach now. I think that has to be exciting for Florida State fans everywhere. Um, one thing I'm curious about, he did mention in his press conference as well, the struggles of coaching at Notre Dame, sharing an indoor facility. You know, Obviously, it, it's inclement weather up there for baseball for the start of the college season. Uh, mentioned he had to finish scrimmages in the batting cages. Obviously, we're, we're in a much better position than that here in Tallahassee. But mm -hmm. Dick Hauser is in need of serious upgrades in baseball in general. Was that part of the negotiation process? Um, obviously, a seven-year deal is a big deal. It shows we're very committed. Um, was he looking for commitments beyond just the years of contract? And what's that mean for the baseball facilities moving forward? Yes, he and I had open discussions about that. Uh, you know, we've we've done a lot of upgrades and a lot of facilities here on campus in the last five to eight years. But baseball, we have it, and um, so we've. And I mentioned the other day. I'm, Seriously, when I got here, we have had we have done three different studies by three different companies to Dick Hauser and haven't and haven't enacted on anyone in any of them. Um, so really, it's taking a look at them, and I, I have some ideas, and he and I want to sit down and talk. He has some ideas um, what we want to do, what we feel needs to be done there. So I anticipate a campaign coming real soon. But really, you know, we just need to update it. It hasn't been it hasn't been updated. It's, it's it's a great stadium. It's got great bones, but it needs some fan amenities. It needs some player amenities to allow us to compete to what others have and uh, across that we're recruiting against. And I want to give him every opportunity to recruit the very best student athlete possible because he and I both have the same mission and vision is to to walk off that field with that national championship first time ever at Florida State, which is amazing. Uh, the most historic. I will argue the most historic collegiate baseball program in the country. And next, the only thing we have not done is won that national championship. And that's, that's, that is something we're after. Well, we're coming when it happens. We'll be in Omaha. I asked my yeah. wife this week, I was like, Hey, that always lands on like father's day weekend. Like, can I go? Yeah. Can that be my father's day? And she was like, no, you got to spend it with us. And I was like, but it's my father's day. Like I, and she was like, We'll go with you. So we're bringing some toddlers, but uh, we'll, we'll be there. Um, that's not the only facility that we want to talk about. Um, I've seen pictures of softballs, um, upgrades that are happening, stuff. When we, we know soccer and softball both getting new mm -hmm. uh, scoreboards. And um, there are other facility upgrades that I'd love to hear about, as well as the one that you always kind of get asked at where, where we are in the process with the uh, football-only facility. Yeah, we're about to. I think we're about to fix the recruiting path of basketball. I think that's that's taking place here in the next week. Um, we have some things coming to the inside of Doak 
that I'll, I'll be able to share uh, by this fall that I'll be able to share with you because that's pretty nice to need to tell our story a little bit better of what we're doing there. Um, baseball, we're going to do some upgrades this fall and just how we present our history. Uh, I don't think it's been presented very well. And uh, we're going to do some things there. Uh, softball is getting new premium seating, new fan deck, a new video board, um, a new f- a new turf, as you know, the same as baseball. So there's a lot of things we're doing. And everything I try to do is what makes the student athletes um, experience better and the fan experience. So really looking at what we can do, how can we improve those situations and um how can we just add value to a, the entertainment of when a, when a fan comes to the game? And so we got some exciting things we're working on and uh, baseball being one of them and uh, kind of get them up to speed. Uh, volleyball, looking at how, what we can do there. The, those poor girls, uh, I don't know if y'all been to a volleyball match, but they're, they're tall. And uh, <laughs> they're walking into a toy gym that I don't know what year it was built, but it was a long time ago. And to get to the locker room, they all have to duck uh, to get in there. And uh, so looking at what we can do there and uh, the, the working with the university on a master plan for all of our facilities. So it's an exciting time uh, right now. And I can tell you the fundraising is going well. People are partnering with us. They're believing in our vision and uh, they're, they're getting behind the Seminoles. I clipped something from your opening press from your uh, first press conference as AD the other day where you said that uh, Daryl would get mad at you if you didn't. <laughs> mentioned the uh, annual fund. Uh, Kyle will get mad at me if I don't mention it. So obviously always a great time to go to boosters.fsu.edu and yes. sign up to support the annual fund. We've had you on here before to talk about that, but obviously supports all of the scholarships for all of our athletes on campus, the nutrition, the rest and recovery, obviously facilities mm-hmm. and, and different things. And so we we will never stop kind of banging that drum and, and ringing that banner it, it, of, Go and support the annual fund. I talk about the power of one. Uh, if you have a friend, if you're a booster and have a friend uh, that you can join, that will, I mean, it will double our membership. And you, even if it's a hundred dollars a year, people have no idea the impact that you have that allows us. We did the new weight room last year. This was badly needed for all of our sports because of the increase. Everyone had a had a hand in that because of the increase in, in donor commitments that we had. It allowed us to be able to go do things like that, increase our nutrition area. Um, so if you have a friend out there, uh, just have them join and uh, become a booster. Uh, we got some campaigns we're going to be doing. I would love to get us to about 20,000 uh, members. Uh, we're about right now, August is a big month for us, but almost we're just shy of 12,000 memberships now, somewhere mid-11s. Um, doing very well, but I, I, my goal is to get us to 20,000. No pressure to Daryl uh, <laughs> about it all the time, but um, it has such a huge impact in, in the student experience uh, that we're able to provide these athletes and uh, everything from it, everything from uh, what we're able to do tutoring-wise to increases in the academic center to, to every nutrition, everything we do comes out of that annual fund uh, so it, it is really the heartbeat of our organization um wanted to talk with you a little bit about uh there were some rumors swirling and i you know i don't know how much you can say or can't say on here but uh rumors swirling about other other people trying to take maybe coaches from us but uh we 
you know, again, I don't know what you're allowed to go into and not. And I guess you're the boss kind of over there. So maybe you can say whatever you want, but uh, locked up Lonnie Almeida for a long-term contract. And, um, you know, obviously heartbreaking the way their season ended. I think we all just kind of sat around in shock for a few days, but uh, would not have compared to uh, how heartbreaking I think it would have been had she not been uh, the the coach of the team going forward. So thoughts on, uh, you know, locking Lonnie up and, and having her here for the long haul. We know Lonnie's absolute best. Uh, one of the best coaches in the country does such a great job in the community uh, with our fan base and, and just rallies people around her program, invites people into her program and is just marvelous. Does so much for us here in the athletic department too. just, just being a good sounding board for me. And I can tell you how much I, I appreciate everything she does and, and the, the culture of her program and, uh, able to assign her to an extension. So we're real happy that she's going to be here uh, for a while, able to take care of her assistant coaches as well uh, with some increases. And, you know, our investment in that sport over the last five, six years is second to none. Um, you're talking shade structure, new fields, uh, batting cage built. We're, we're adding in premium seating to cover uh, the decks. We're looking at doing a deck in left field where that burn is. And, I mean, we're, we're looking, putting in a new video board. Um, we're, we're constantly uh, looking to how we continue that sport at an elite level. And, uh, and with Lonnie leading the helm, we know it will stay there. Yeah, Coach, or something, not Coach, Michael, excuse me. I'll coach. G. Alford. <laughs> what would you, what would you uh, want me to coach in baseball? Yeah. Laura, Laura always wanted me to coach our girls like softball. And I'm like, honey, I don't know how you hit. I just hit. I I, I don't know where your hands are. I just did it. I don't know how. I can't coach it. It's like my I really good golf buddies. You know, I ask them for a tip on the course. So I'm shooting 110 while they're in the 70s, and they can't help me at all. But that's yeah. okay. I'll, I'll figure it out one day. Um, but obviously, you know, we were able to hang on to Lonnie. And, you know, there's some people say what they want behind the scenes with Coach Corey. And obviously, he, we are very grateful for what he did here. Um, but he did choose to leave. And, uh, you know, a lot of Florida State soccer fans were pretty nervous. Like, what, what are we going to do? Um, all you did was go and get the SEC coach of the year, uh, Brian Penske from Tennessee. How did that search go? Was was he high on the list or did it take some research, like finding him? Obviously, I mean, you see the SEC coach of the year. It's a no brainer that you probably want him on your short list. But <laughs> Tennessee, you know, they clearly have plenty of money. They're not afraid to spend. Uh, you still lured, lured him away to Tallahassee. What went down with, with that process, getting Coach Penske here? Because I think we're, you know, we're sad to lose Coach K, but I think we're all really excited about Coach Penske and what he's done in recent years. Well, yeah, and he, he is just uh, – wait till you get a chance. Hopefully you, know, you guys will have him on the podcast if you haven't already. He, he is just a wonderful, wonderful person. Him and his wife, Abby, they're going to be great in this community. Uh, get out uh, the team, uh, really enjoying his personality, and, and he's a great coach. And uh, going through that process, you know, he was always high on our list and uh, just talking to him about culture and, and what we're building here at Florida State. And, and he wanted to be a part of that. And uh, he's someone else, too. I talked to him today. He's recruiting out in San Diego. Uh, I want to check in with him and see what he needed, what we could do to, to – to, um, to make the program better and as i constantly do is check in and and he was recruiting we had a nice conversation and um you know it's constant feedback and the communication he and i have are is 
all the time, every other day, uh, along with a bunch of my coaches. So it's the communication's never been better, and, and just talking to them and, and making sure we're all on the same path and the same have the same vision of what we can do to help each other achieve uh, the the championships here. But more importantly, what are we doing to make the student athletes' success and and life better? Because uh, this is the most informable years, impressionable years that they have. Um, uh, you remember, guys, when you were in college? I mean, you, this is where you get a lot of your philosophies on life kind of set as you move forward into the job force. And and we got to make sure we put people of high character around our student athletes that are going to be mentors and counselors and and guide them uh, and be active in the community. And, and I couldn't be more happy where all of our coaches are right now. Yeah, and, and it's always tough when you go out of, you know, the organization, so to speak, or the university to, to make an outside hire because you think you know what you're getting, but you're never sure. Um, someone who I think you got a really good idea of what you're getting into is uh, Coach Brick Wyckoff. Obviously, yes. <laughs> Coach Sue um, has decided to step down after a phenomenal career, really turned Florida State women's basketball from an ACC right. cellar dweller to, you know, regular in the ACC tournament competing to get to those final fours. Um, so obviously sad to see her go. I've known her since 2009 when I was in school. Um, so wish her the best of luck, but was that an easy decision? I mean, obviously it helps when you have the interim year. So you have an idea of how her players responded, how she handles a job. Um, but I think we all felt that was a no brainer, but super excited to have Brooke taking over for coach Sue. Yeah. And like it, like I said, she, she's just such a great person who really cares about the kids and, and fits in what we're trying to get done here and being able to, to sit with her over the last year or so and really get to know her and know what her vision for the program was going to be and and to have her show me how she's going to go about running the program um and be her own person but you know she was she she did a play and coach under coach sue so she's always going to have that influence and sue's the best she's been so good to me since my arrival and uh you know it was funny when when i knew when she told me she was contemplating retiring during the season after every win i just text her that there was a new five-year contract on my desk uh, i wouldn't bother i wouldn't tell her that after a loss but after a win new five-year contract you know the ups, ups and downs during a season and how emotional roller coaster it could be but sue's a dear dear friend that's so much to this university and uh just to have the opportunity to have brooke there she had success and i mean she was highly sought after by a lot of other schools uh, up to the day that a very prominent school called me the night before I offered her and said, Hey, if you don't offer, I am tomorrow. And I, I had to tell him to hold on. <laughs> Give me a moment. <laughs> and so I couldn't be more proud. Like I said, uh, she fits what we're trying to do here. All of our coaches um, have such, uh, they're men and women of such great character. And that's what you want guiding uh, and being leaders in this department, guiding these student athletes. And because the student athletes' lives are very impacted uh, by, our, by their coaches. And uh, it's our job to make sure that, that we're putting people with high character and great integrity around them uh, during these years. Um, I wanted to ask you about Jeff Colhane. Um, yeah. New, the voice. Uh, new- He's got pipes now. Yeah, new voice of the Seminoles. I was watching some highlights. We talked about him a little bit on Sunday. The announcement was obviously made late last week. But, um, you know, excited about him coming in. You know, excited that he's called several national championships. Hopefully he calls even more here. But uh, 
you know, talk to us about, uh, uh, you know, again, you've had to replace some, some legends, right. And Sue and <laughs> different people. And, you know, Gene is an absolute fan favorite and, yes. um, thoughts on going, you know, out of house for that thoughts on, um, bringing in Jeff. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Gene, we're at basketball shoot around and I'm in Baton Rouge uh, next to Sue and Gene calls me and gives me the news that, uh, He's going to step down. And I'm just looking at Sue like, really? Uh, <laughs> both of you? Um, but, uh, you know, Gene's just a uh, constant professional and uh, so excited for him uh, and some things he discussed with me he wants to do in his life uh, with his wife and spend more time. And we're going to, you know, he came to the press conference, Link's press conference. So Gene's still going to be around. We're still going to ask him to do some things on the, on the show and uh, on game day uh, for us. And, um, you know, he's just a constant pro and I, I'm just, we're going to miss him day to day, but I'm glad he's a dear friend and, and still going to be around for us. But, you know, it gave us the opportunity to, to look at that role and do a little different. I talked to the president board of trustee, Peter Collins, chair uh, and other boards, Peter Collins about this new director of broadcasting role and it's it's a unique one it's at several institutions but not only is he going to be the voice of, of Seminole athletics but really act him ask him to take a more proactive role in, in sharing the vision of not only athletics but the entire university and getting out and representing us at uh, whether it's hosting a banquet or him in a banquet or whatever he's doing or, or going to help the president but really be able to to use this platform to talk about the great things going on at Florida State uh, on the academic side and athletic side. Uh, so we're real excited about him. He's got some great ideas. I have some great ideas about what we're going to do uh, to promote our brands. And uh, we're looking forward to working alongside of him. Just had a new baby a couple of days ago uh, up in there, so up in Fargo. So looking forward to getting him down here. Coach, or, yeah, I did it again. Eddie <laughs> Alford. Oh, I, I'm out of it today, guys. It's hey, about Richie's. It's about Richie's bedtime. It is. It's getting close, right? But He's no, I about think we're, uh, all of us uh, are extremely excited. Obviously, you're invited. We're throwing a massive tailgate out in New Orleans here, just a little over two months away for the LSU game. I, yes. I just want to get your philosophy on uh, you know these home and homes neutral sites versus a one-off neutral site. Just your philosophy in neutral site games, because obviously as fans, we love the idea of going to Baton Rouge, right? And we actually get to go to Athens and Tuscaloosa coming up here in the next few years. But at the same time, we also know those TV dollars pay a pretty penny for those neutral site games in Atlanta or New Orleans or Orlando. And please keep scheduling games in Orlando from here on out where I live. <laughs> Tampa. Um, no, but- <laughs> no. One hour, one hour west. <laughs> but uh, just your overall philosophy in the out-of-conference for the future. Obviously, we're kind of booked up with Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame, LSU these right. next few years. Um, but they scheduled them so far out in advance. Are, are you looking to go to these more storied college towns? Or is the money just too good to turn down at these neutral sites? Because obviously, we want to have a competitive program. We can't say no to big paychecks, uh, but how hard is it to find that balance, making the fans happy while also funding what you're trying to fund? You know, that's a great point, Rich. And I've, I've talked about it before. Um, you know, we need to look at Doak, and we are uh, looking at Doak and and put some things into uh, the stadium that enhance the fan experience. And by doing that, it allows a different revenue model, a different revenue stream uh, for Doak Campbell. 
And uh, that's something that we're kind of lacking right now compared to our peers, compared to other institutions. Um, you know, you mentioned we do play LSU. We we got Notre Dame on the schedule. We always have Florida on the schedule. We got Notre Dame on the schedule in 24. We got Bama here in 25 and at Bama in 26. Uh, Georgia coming on 27, 28. Um, so we have some, some marquee opponents along with, um, you know, our ACC schedule. So I, I want to play as many games as I can at Duke. Uh, and that goes along with enhancing the stadium um, because when I'm going to ask for commitments and we've had success, we've raised uh, nearly $45 million for the Dope Campbell renovation on its own and pledges uh, since October. And you know, by asking people to, to assist us in the infrastructure of this building um, and, and help us with the construction elements of it, then I need to reward them by having more games there. And it's great for the community. As you know, too, we bring in $100 million a year uh, to Leon County and Tallahassee, um, just football alone. So, you know, we have also a community duty uh, to make sure that we're, we're keeping those restaurants full. We're keeping those hotel bed, beds full and, and doing our part uh, for a thriving community here in Tallahassee. So I'm going to do everything I can uh, to continue to play more games uh, here at Dope. My Guthrie's people like it. Love and, uh, it. I love it. When yes. you have the when you have the home games, yeah, well, he's had all the all of the for, local business. Well, the community supports us so well, and, and we need to do our part. It's a partnership, and uh, yeah. not to say I'm not ever going to look at one it, it, that comes across my desk, but it is definitely going to want to play as many games as Doke as I can, uh, and really fight to do that. By and that's part of the the stadium model. That we're, that we're doing is uh, by fixing the stadium and and doing the fan enhancements because like you've heard me mention 60 percent of our fan base travels over three and a half hours like you two do uh, to get here on a, on a Saturday yeah. um, so we need that fan experience to be uh, what it should be if anybody ever sends you any neutral side games in Honolulu that would be a place that I'd be <laughs> very like <laughs> I've been home for a while. My yeah, wife would like be cool. UH, yeah, uh, I would love that. She would never be so excited. Play the rainbow. So, <laughs> you mentioned partnerships, and I want to end with this because we always do. We mentioned a lot of hires. The the one uh, person we maybe didn't mention was Stephen Ponder taking over oh, yeah. uh, your old row um, as the president and CEO of the Seminole Boosters. You know, we did it earlier and we talked about the annual fund, but can you just talk a little bit about Stephen Ponder, the hands that uh, the boosters are in. And um, you again, I watched your old press conference the other day to make a clip out of it. And uh, you did mention the partnership with the boosters and, and that continued to be important, which I, I think we maybe all expected since that's the position you left uh, to become a D. But can you talk about the the partnership with the boosters and Stephen taking on uh, that role as CEO over there? And then we'll, we'll wrap up and, and get you out of here. Well, yeah, it's, you know, the alignment we have right now at Florida State couldn't be better. I, I, I speak to the president, the chairman of the board, Stevens, many times a day, um, and then down to the coaches. And I can tell you, we're all pulling the rope the same way. And uh, we all have the same vision. We talk about it. Now, and we come up with strategic plans on how we're going to accomplish our goals. And Stevens is an integral part of that because, you know, where else you look at his background, and being able to, to get him to come join me as a number two executive um, vice president at the Boosters for a little while and then having him take over, uh, I couldn't be more thrilled. Him and his wife Sloan, their kids, 
They're just wonderful community people. Uh, he truly loves Tallahassee and just having his expertise and someone I can bounce uh, ideas by. And, and uh, he's invaluable and a great guy. And he's going to do wonderful things, uh, taking that torch and even taking taking the boosters to higher uh, than what I took it. And uh, I could be more thrilled to have him as part of our staff and a partner uh, moving forward. Absolutely. Boosters.fsu.edu. Um, it's the easiest. It's one of the easiest things you can find there on the internet. <laughs> Go support and sign up if hey, you haven't. Let's hit that. Let's. I got a question. Have you been linked to the uh, link to FSU Future? I, listen, as a dad of three now, I am all for the dad jokes and the puns and everything else. We said that the other day. We said that yesterday morning uh, right before the link came up. Yeah, I was a big, big fan of it. The baseball team's even tweeting it, or Seminoles.com, whoever somebody's like tweeting yeah. it, and you can even click on it, and it takes you to it. So, um, Michael Offer, we appreciate you a ton for hanging out. I'll give a, a quick shout to our sponsors. We appreciate Guthrie's, Garnet, Gold, and Graham Co. We'll give them a, a, more, full, uh, a more full ad clip uh, on, on the next episode. But, Michael, thank you for hanging out. Richie, thank you for hanging out, guys. It's been fun. We'll do uh, it again soon. Point. I know that – I, I well, go can ahead. I, I got one too. I ride with you guys to New Orleans if y'all are really taking. You saw that? that? <laughs> you saw that sprinter? Isn't That's that awesome? That. I, I've got, I've got one seat left, and it's between you and Jen Hyde. Whoever comes on more <laughs> over the next two months can have that spot. So I know I'm gonna get a text from her after this is over and no, say, T- like, All right, TJ, well, I, I want to come back on. No, TJ, I, I think we should give it to Mr. Alford here, and I'll take his spot on the team plane, and we'll just call it even from there. <laughs> yeah, everybody wins. I think that uh, – I, I don't know. I mean, team plane, that sprinter van looks pretty fun. So, uh, no, we can't wait to can't wait to get up there in, in August, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll all be partying in New Orleans for, for sure. Yeah. So, well, guys, thank you for hanging out. I appreciate you too. Appreciate all you do for FSU Athletics. And, uh, Absolutely. Been able to, to let y'all know what's going on kind of behind the scenes and uh, really appreciate everything you do for us. We appreciate Absolutely. you. Guys, we have another pop-up coming tomorrow morning. I can't say who it is, but we'll see you guys around 1130 noon tomorrow morning. Thank you for hanging out. Go Knowles. Go Knowles. <laughs>